Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. Let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, thanks so much for your word, and thanks to you that we get to come and be with you together as a community, as a spiritual family. And God, I just pray that you would continue to unfold who you are to us again today. God, that the the depths of you we would never know. But God, the more we know you, the more we love you. And so Lord, I just pray that you would help us uh, reveal your word to us and the word that we need to hear through your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been going through this series called Delighted, and we've been taking this verse that David, King David wrote in the Old Testament in the Psalms. In Psalms 37, it says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And this word, take delight, uh, it's more of a command that David gives, and this, this way of taking delight in the Lord. So we've been kind of looking at that. What does it mean to delight in the Lord? We we, we, we let off by just being delighting in his presence. That because of what Jesus did, because of the sacrifice he made on the cross, resurrected, you have full access to the God who made you. Uh, your sin no longer keeps a distance in between you and Jesus. He handled that. And so it's this invitation, this grand worldwide invitation by God to say, come into my family through my son. Jesus, so we kind of talked about just delighting in his presence, slowing down, taking, uh, take peeling distraction away and the noise a little bit to just spend time in his presence. Then we looked about delighting in his word, his word, his spoken word to us uh, through 40 different authors, through the span of 2,000 years, God is unfolding who he is and he continues to through his word to you. So we talked about delighting in his word. Then we talked about delighting in people, that God reveals himself to you through other people, and that there's relationships that God divinely puts in your life for you to delight in the Lord through those relationships, through the provision God gives you. And then last week we talked about our identity as sons and daughters of God, if he is a good father, like we just sang about. He is a father. And so we talked about that spirit of adoption versus being an orphan in the kingdom of God. And there's many people that they believe the concept, they believe the, there is an intellectual transaction between them and Jesus. Yes, I like Jesus, I see Jesus, I want to follow Jesus, but yet, still in that condition, they can be, remain orphans their entire Life And so Paul's encouragement is to come into the family, be adopted, feel adopted, live like you are adopted in his family. And so as we've been going through this series, I've, I've just been struck over these last couple weeks, as we've been going through this, I, in my own personal life, just as a little personal story, I've been in ministry uh, since 1999, gave my life to the Lord in 96, and over the 
past couple weeks, I've just been like, man, I've never been more grateful in my entire life than I am now, ever. And it was like, God, what, what, is, what is up with this? I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to delight in you, and yet my sense of gratitude is the largest it's ever been in a long, long time since I can remember. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how delighting in the Lord leads to gratitude, and gratitude, a life of gratitude, leaves, leaves us leads us to be a generous people, okay? So point number one, gratitude opens the door to delight. Gratitude opens the door to delight, and vice versa, delight. If I delight in the Lord, the more I delight in the Lord, the more I begin to see what He is doing in my life, not what He's not doing. As I delight in the Lord, it's sense of gratitude naturally rises up. But vice versa, when I, am I live in a state of gratitude, it's very easy for me to delight in the Lord. So they're kind of two, side, two sides of the same coin. Psalm 100, 4 through 5 says this, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. Man, that's a good word, isn't it? Come on, somebody. Man, if you don't get excited about that, man, your wood's wet. Tell your face you're happy to be here, amen? All right. So, Hebrews 12, another verse. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. See this interplay in between delighting in the Lord and living a life of gratitude. Psalm 69.30 says, I will praise God's name in song and glorify Him with thanksgiving. Think about the promise, the promises God has kept in your life. I'm just going to pepper you with a bunch of questions right now. Think about the promises God's th- pulled through in your life. Think about where you were and where you are now. Think about what deeply good things are going right in your life right now. What are they? Sit and think about it. Think about the kingdom people God's put in your life. And because of what Jesus has done, think about the open door for you and me to intimately, personally, relationally, and experientially live in the presence of God. There's something that happens when we shift from a life of noise, distraction, complaining, and seeing what's not going right, versus a life, and it's just a switch. Just those questions I asked you began to get your mind off the things that aren't going so well and started getting your mind on to this is what's going well. God has fulfilled his pro- some promises in my life already. He's pulled through. Man, my life is way different today than it was a year ago. Five years ago. God, I'm grateful for your work in my life. 
What about the good things, the deeply good things that are working well in your life right now? Man, it's just, it's almost just like a collective, like where the veil gets lifted and we start seeing things in our life that have been there the entire time. But because we don't live in the state of gratitude, we don't see it. It's almost like we're blinded to it. It's almost like when we magnify the things that aren't going well. Imagine if I had a coin. This is a silly illustration, but I don't. I didn't think of this. This is spontaneous. But if you think about, if you had like a little penny, don't worry about it. If you have a little penny, it's too late. (laughs) (sighs) Way to be on it, baby, but it's too late. But if if you were to take the size of a small penny, let's just say you have a penny. These are my problems. These are what's not going right. But a lot of times in our life, all we do is we put it right up here, and that's all we see. That's all we see in our life are the things that are not going well, the things that haven't come true yet, the dreams and the, and the, and the, and the anticipation of things go, uh, playing out in your life just has not happened yet, and that's all we're sitting here magnifying. But there's an essential human truth that the Bible proclaims about our need to magnify the Lord. When we begin magnifying the Lord, those obstacles and the things that aren't going well gets replaced with a vision and a sight of God and all His unfaith, all His faithfulness, His unconditional love. I combined unconditional love and faithfulness and came up with unfaithfulness. But that's, that's the thing, because sometimes when we, get magnif- when we magnify our issues, we begin thinking that God is unfaithful. I'll, I'll ride that train, Lord. I'll take that Freudian slip. Sometimes we think that he's a being unfaithful versus we're just a son and daughter that he's trying to grow up. And he takes his time with that. We glorify God when we live in a state of thanksgiving and gratefulness, that verse, it says, I will glorify him with thanksgiving. You know, you glorify God when you live gratefully. You glorify God by living faithfully. But what else is in that verse? I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. I will. I will. It is a decision. Gratitude is a choice. Gratitude is a choice that we get the privilege of making every day. When we wake up, God, what are we going to be grateful for today? Not when I wake up, God, this is the work I have to do. God, this is, the, this is, this is not what's going well. And there are times when we come to the Lord and we can throw up on Him just like any other relationship to say, God, I don't understand. I'm confused. I'm, I'm struggling with doubt. I'm struggling to see you pulling through in this situation. But... If you would just, in that moment, when you're crying out to God, pause, take a time out, a little two-minute time out, and go be with the Lord to say, God, but what is going well in my life? God, where is your hand moving in my life? God, I have to be able to see that. And while this thing may not be playing out the way I anticipated, God, I know that you're faithful. And I know that you're leading... (coughs) leading me through. Psalm one, excuse me. <coughs> Psalm 107.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good and His love endures forever. Who is in another verse, that phrase, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good and His love endures forever. That specific phrase is in the Bible over 70 times. 70 times. 
this declaration says, I will give thanks. It is a choice that we make. We will give thanks to the Lord. Colossians 1.12, give joyful thanks to the Father. Ooh, Paul adds a little modifier to that praise, and it's a, a joyful praise. Give joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. Give thanks. <coughs> it's a choice we make. Last one, Revelation 11. We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and you have begun to reign. God, we give thanks to you. It's seeing what God has done and it is doing now. It's getting grateful for a great God. It's, I got it, my heart needs to be grateful for the great God we get the privilege of knowing and walking with. Cicero, famous philosopher, said this, Gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, it's the parent of all others. Gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, it's the parent of all others. Something to think about. My own father, I had a, I had a living example of this in my life, which I am very grateful for. <laughs> but um, I, had a, I had a father who lived this way, like every day. Uh, we'd be driving in the car, and, and it would be a sunset, and he goes, oh, look at that sunset. Isn't that the most beautiful sunset? Yeah, Dad, that's a nice sunset. Going on another road, oh, man, look at them trees. Isn't that, that's the most gorgeous tree I've ever seen. And he had, the, had a way of saying those kind of emphatic statements, like, that's the best ever. That's the greatest ever. That's the biggest ever. But it was like he, through his lifetime, had trained his eyes to see the good things that was going on. So growing up with a father like that was amazing. But his gratitude, the way he saw the world, always translated to something. His gratitude was able to see human need and his ability to meet that need because he lived generously. Out of that grateful heart, what comes is generosity. And so not only would he say and see that, man, that's a neat guy there. I never saw him talk bad about another human being. He always saw the promise in people. He always saw the treasure in them. And that's where I get my view but he would give his time. He was a dentist. He would give his time. He would, uh, people call, hey, I got a toothache. Nights, weekends, middle of the night, he was always up serving people. Uh, one, one, uh, one winter, I grew up in Denver, Colorado, and in the, in the winter of 82, the summer of 82, that's a long time ago for you guys, uh, for some of you guys, but in the winter of 82, Denver had a snowstorm that had 12 to 18 inches of snow. And uh, it was this massive storm. And uh, after that storm, people still needed to get to work. And my dad had uh, 
uh, an old Jeep Commando uh, that I used to pretend driving in the parking lot or in the driveway, but uh, he would pick people up in our neighborhood and escort them to work because they couldn't get to work. And I remember sitting in the back seat because I rode with dad and us picking up neighbor after neighbor after neighbor, taking them to their work. Um, just a tremendous man of generosity. And uh, it's funny, my dad passed away this last year and we were kind of going through things and <laughs> there were a lot of things that we just said, hey, where is that? My dad made bronzes and carved birds on, his, on the side and so there were, there were some, some high treasured valuable items and so we kind of went through the list of pieces that he's made and it's like, man, where's that piece? Where's this piece? And uh, the people uh, would say, well, he probably gave it away. He gave that away. Where's his piano? Yeah, he probably, he gave that away. Like a piano? How do you give a piano away? That's some skill. If you can, if you can come up with it. Anyway, the way he lived his life, it was almost as if it was like what he saw, he saw what was going right, and it enabled him to live generously. But if all we're seeing is the negative, what that does is that makes our heart pull in and us to be self-preserving. But a life of gratitude allows us to live a life of generosity. Colossians 2, 7 says this, Let your roots grow down deep into Him and draw up nourishment from Him so that you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives, what? Overflow with thanksgiving. Let your life overflow with thanksgiving for all He has done. This promise in the Old Testament that God gave to this man, Abram. And God saw this man, Abram, and he saw his heart, and he chooses him to make a covenant with him. And he said, in that covenant, in Genesis 12, he said, I'm going to covenant with you to reveal myself to you and through the people that is going to come from you. And you're going to be my chosen people. And he gives them a promise. He says, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing to the nations. I'm going to bless you to be a blessing to the nations. Now what's, well, side mark, there are, well, I don't want to go there, but that's <laughs> health, health and wealth kind of stuff just leans on the first part. It's, you know, you are blessed to be a blessing to the nations. Everything he has belongs to him. Everything you have belongs to him. So he gives this promise that you, that you are blessed to be a blessing to others. And Abraham's promise comes to life through you when you live generously. And it's not just about your resources. It's about the time that you spend with people. It's about the effort that you put towards certain things and not others. Last week, we talked about being adopted. And there was this verse, Galatians 4, 7. And Paul says this, Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, read that last part. No, you don't have to read it out loud. Just read it. <laughs> Do you live as if that's true? I know I don't. 
if I'm honest. I don't. I don't live as if he has everything in his hands. He's got everything. Everything he has belongs to me, belongs to you. Everything he has. But what is that everything? It's kind of nice to know what is that everything that we have access to 100% all the time. What is that? Everything he has belongs to you. What does God have? God has an unlimited supply of unconditional love. God has an unlimited supply of peace that surpasses understanding. God has an unlimited supply of joy. For, the, for God's word says his joy is what? Our strength. You have been designed as image bearers of God to pull the everything that God has and to make it reality in and through your life. And that is why delighting in the Lord is the power source for an abundant life in the kingdom of God. It comes from delighting in Him. But when that promise, everything that He has belongs to you, it's living a life that pulls on everything God is and we bring it into reality through our life, in our life and through our life to make Isn't that how He asks us to pray? Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God's kingdom policies don't get passed in Washington. They get passed in your heart. I just think that that truth, in and of itself alone, is amazing. That everything he has belongs to you. But yet we live with scarcity. We live just surviving. And it's time that God, I believe that God puts an image formed straight from him, straight from the throne room of God, to imprint on your heart, to say, this is what I've made you for. These are the designs that I have for your life. You're my masterpiece and I've got good things created in advance for you to walk in. But you've got to be able to see what God is doing in your life. You've got to be able to see that everything He has belongs to you and that I'm going to live as if that's true. I'm going to live when I'm with people, man. God, your unconditional love for this high-need grace person. <laughs> we all have that high-need grace person in our life, don't we? Jesus, give me grace. But God, it's your grace, not mine. And I'm relying on your grace for this person in my life. God, I need your wisdom. God, this, this situation at work, I, I don't know. It's a knot. I do not know how to untie, and it's, I'm losing sleep at night. God, your wisdom, your perspective. You get to go be with God and get his perspective at any moment in your life. And he's like, son, daughter, let me show you up here, above the clouds, above the 30,000-foot the view of really what's going on in your life, here's wisdom that you need. Oh, man, so many opportunities in my life, so many moments where I was just like, God, I don't know, where to, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. God, I need you. 
And that wisdom begins just flowing out in that time of you delighting in Him. It's amazing. God is always speaking. God is always unfolding and speaking to you. It's just our filter tends to get in the way of receiving all that God has. And that filter is our own flesh, our own will, our own veto power, the things that we, God wants to do in our life. He's given you veto power. And sometimes we veto the things that God wants to do in our life because we want to do our own thing. But God has this life for you that's beyond compare. Delighting in God, being grateful is the power source for generous kingdom living. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Conundrum there in the kingdom. One person gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds unduly, but, beco- but comes to poverty. And then it says this, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes will themselves be refreshed. Wow. That is an amazing promise. He who refreshes others will himself or herself be refreshed. Now, hopefully you see this amazing cycle happening. Lord, I pray that my words did this justice. But this life of gratitude leads into a life of generosity. And that life of generosity enables you to get more refreshment. And you live a greater grateful life. And that cycle begins to build on itself. If I live grateful and live generous, God will open up more and more opportunities for generosity, more and more opportunities to steward what He's given you. In fact, He'd probably give you even more because He sees a son and daughter properly stewarding the resources, the time that He gives them. It's amazing. Refreshing others, and you will be refreshed. What a wonderful rhythm and cycle of life that God has designed us for. Delighting in the Lord, getting the, He's the ultimate power source of all of life. Living grateful and letting that gratitude allow us to be a generous people, to reveal who God is. In Matthew 5, it's not up there, but in Matthew 5, Jesus says that you are the light of the world. And then he says, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So when it comes to letting your light shine and those good deeds, I wonder why people would say that they would glorify your Father in heaven. Why? Because they're seeing things coming out of your life that they don't see coming out of anybody else's. And it's because as an image bearer, you're pulling off of God's unconditional love. Man, I've never seen that before. God's peace that surpasses understanding. Man, I've never seen that kind of peace before. Man, we're all crazy. How come you're cool? Man, that joy, that joy of the Lord is is your strength, this continual strength. And these people see the level of joy. It's a supernatural level of joy, not just because you're obnoxiously happy all the time. It's because you can live in a state of joy and that you emanate that joy, but it's, it's from His throne, not your own self-effort. Do you, see, do you see this divine exchange, this privilege that we get to every morning, wake up and to say, God, this beautiful exchange of my fallen, dark at times heart to say, God, I want to exchange my heart for your heart today. 
God, I want to live with your lenses. God, I want to see what you see. And is that not what Jesus said, that my nourishment comes from doing the will of the Father and from when I see him do something, I do it. That's how Jesus lived. And this is why God is forming and fashioning us to live like Jesus, to live this grateful life, seeing the opportunity, and that everything he has belongs to him. Come on. It's a good way to live. 1 Timothy 6. We'll kind of get this plane landing. 1 Timothy 6. Command them to do good, be rich in good deeds, and be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I like that phrase that Paul says there at the end. That when you live this generous life, not only are you storing up treasures in heaven, but you're accessing, and you will definitely then, but this abundant life. Jesus said that he came to bring abundant, not just life, but abundant life to you. Is this not what he's talking about? This abundant life of delighting in the Lord, of seeing what he is doing, and pulling off of his everything for us to be a generous people. Amazing. Amazing kind of life. This kind of delight and grateful, generous life is truly the life you were made for. Don't hold back. Take a hold of it. Paul says this, take a hold of that life. Why? Because it's not going to take a hold of you. It's got to be pursued. It's got to be chosen. I choose this kind of life. That's how I'm going to live. I'm going to live grateful and I'm going to live generous because God supplies all my needs, all of them, my emotional, physical, mental. What a life God has called us to. So don't hold back the flow of generosity in your life. God's going to put opportunities in front of you or just like this grateful kind of lens, there's probably opportunities right in front of you that you've never seen before. But once you say, okay, God, this is what you are doing. God, open my eyes to see what you are doing. God's going to give you opportunities to be very generous. And that might be generous with your time. Man, we need to have these people in our life. Let's get them in our life. Man, we're going to sacrifice whatever. Get them in our life. We're going to be generous with our time. How about, this is, this is the one I love. Uh, haven't done it for a little while, but... Uh, Grocery store blessing. Next time you're in a grocery store, pray. Say, God, whose, gro- who grocery- whose groceries do you want me to buy today? If we're living in a state of gratitude and generosity, should we not be asking the Lord as we go out through our day, God, what can I do in this moment? And so there's times where I've, you know, even taken my boys out, and all right, fellas, start, let's start looking. Who are we buying? Why? It's not just about the groceries. It's about getting that time with them to say God loves you. You're his masterpiece. And he cares about what's going on in your life. Let me pray for you. It's about being creative with the resources, the time, and the energy that God has given you to say, God, how am I going to be a blessing to the, in the situations that you've put me in? Give stuff away. Like my dad, 
just randomly. Hey, you need that piano? Go ahead and take it. Oh, you want that bronze? You like that? Go ahead and take it. Yeah, that's like a $5,000 bronze, but don't worry about it. It's yours. Bless you. You know, it's like there was no, there was no hooks to his life. There was nothing that he was holding on to. And I, from my own experience, that's the life that I decided to, to live. And I've never looked back. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. But what a life God has called us to. And when we see him and walk with him and allow him to flow through us to others, is there any sacrifice too great or insignificant? If we were to have eyes to see what God is doing, to open our eyes to see the opportunities that he presents us today, tomorrow on Monday, next Friday, whatever time it may be. So that's my prayer. And when we go into, as we kind of go into prayer, I was kind of um, talking to the Lord about this yesterday. I felt like a kind of a two-parter. There may be some here that because you have been so focused on what's not been going right, instead of focusing on the Lord and magnifying Him and seeing what is going right, maybe that's the word you need. Maybe that's like, yes, that I, I'm very familiar with this. Maybe God wants to do a transaction in you today for you to change that focal point. And then there's others that, that may be here that I think kind of the, the second part of it is, is yeah, we, we, we may live kind of magnifying the Lord, but we're definitely not generous. We're definitely not looking for opportunities. We've been kind of hunkered down in survival mode. God wants to break that off right now. There's some of you that God wants to break that off today so you can step in to that generous type living and so you can walk and walk into those opportunities God's providing you. So let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for your word and God, I thank you for the life that you've designed for us, that it's a generous life because you're a generous God. God, you said everything you have belongs to us. I don't know how generous, more generous, God, you could get. And so, Father, in that same, God, I pray, Lord, there may be some of us so focused on what's not been going right, that, God, that we've failed to see what is. And, Lord, if that's us, God, we come to you this morning to say, God, we repent of that. God, we repent of seeing what's not been going right instead of what is. And, God, right now, we come out of agreement with that way of seeing things. And God, you, we set our eyes to what is going right. God, we set our eyes to what, who you are. God, that everything that you have belongs to us. God, I pray right now, thank you for that truth. And God, we're not going back to magnifying what's going wrong. God, for other us, others of us, God, we may need that, that jolt out of that survival mode into a generous mode. God, we've been in this last season, we can kind of resonate. God, we've been holding back. We've been kind of surviving. We've been, we've been thinking that our resources of energy, of joy, of peace, of love for others, God, those resources have been low. But God, right now, I pray in Jesus' name that we come out of that survival mentality, survival mode, into generous living.
God, we repent of just living survival when, and failing to see that everything you have belongs to us. And so, Father, right now, we just step into that generous life, that generous way of living. God, we choose today to be your generous people, mirroring and reflecting who you are to the world. And so, Lord, I help, help us. Help us today as we leave this place to see gratefully. Lord, help us tomorrow morning as we wake up and our normal little rhythm and routine gets broken up by being grateful. You are an amazing God. May we never, may we never become complacent or satisfied or too familiar with the creator of the universe. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org, and we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.